Hi, my name is Matthias Trum of the Schlenkerler Smoke Beer Brewery in Germany, and this is the Brewer to Brewer podcast from All About uh, Beer magazine. My guest today will be or is Berit Carlsen from the Nerke Kulturbrüggeriet in Sweden. And she's here for a conversation that goes beyond the brew house and into topics that matter to brewing professionals and curious beer drinkers. Before we start, however, uh, first, please visit allaboutbeer.com and follow on social media at allaboutbeer. And to support journalism in the beer space, check out patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. We'll get into the conversation in just a moment, but first, this message. First Tea is a proud sponsor of the Brewer to Brewer podcast. With winter chill settling in, now is the time to take advantage of the toasted rice and fresh green character of Genmaicha tea in saisons, lagers, and cream ales. Looking for other new ideas? Email info at firsttea.com. That's F-I-R-S-D-T-E-A to find the right teas and botanicals for your next project. And attention brewers, registration is now open for the 2024 Best of Craft Beer Awards. Now in its 10th year, this is a BJCP sanctioned event judged by fellow brewers, professional judges, and industry leaders. Judged in Oregon, it's the third largest professional brewing competition in North America, and it's your chance to have your hard work evaluated and rewarded. In addition to traditional styles, new this year is the Smoothie Sour Style category and the Collaboration Competition. Register your beers through January 31st, 2024 by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. Don't delay. Learn more and get your beers signed up by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, before I start with my first question, um, I want to tell you listeners out there a little bit about my guest today. Um, Berit Carlsen started the Nerke Kulturbrüggeriet in Sweden together with her husband, Orge, in 2003, um, making it one of 12 breweries that founded the Swedish Independent Small Scale Breweries Association. Today, the group has roughly 150 members, so it has grown quite considerably. Um, Berit has been working full-time in the brewery for the last 10 years or so, uh, doing everything but brewing, and today runs the business with the two brewers, Emil Avidson and Jürgen Hierling. Berit, uh, welcome to the meeting and to the conversation, and I'm, I'm really happy that you agreed to have this talk with me, um, so uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Matthias. I'm happy that you asked me, and I'm I'm really a great fan of uh, of Hellerbroi Schlenkerla. Uh, I have to say this because you're one of the coolest breweries in the whole uh, world, and for and also the best in in Bamberg. Thank That's you my... very. <laughs> yeah. Thank thank you so much. But this is not the reason why I invited you to the conversation. I actually have uh, quite a few questions. I mean, we we met before in brewery tours, but. Um, my hope was today to to get some insight to a little bit crawl into your brain and to see how you think on 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 the beer part. And um, I, I think this will be quite interesting for the listeners as well. Um, I hope I got the introduction right. Did did I pronounce all the names correctly? I mean, Swedish and German are relatively close, but I'm not sure. I'm satisfied with your pronunciation. I must okay. Say. <laughs> Thank. Thank, thank you very much. Okay, I'm relieved now. 
um, the uh, the the name Nerke Kulturbegriert. Um, I'm I'm interested where that came from. I I actually looked it up on on Google and Google translates it wrongly and says Nerke is something about craziness or foolishness or so, which <laughs> obviously is wrong. Um, what where, where where does the brewery name come from and what what did you think? Why did you call it that? Well, it's it's uh, rather simple uh, because uh, Nerke is the name of our um, province, our uh, landscape. Okay. Uh, so uh, you can compare it to Franken, which which is your part of uh, Bavaria, mm -hmm. and uh, and um, Kulturbryggeri. It it means culture brewery, and and brewing is culture, and so that's that's it. It's not more complicated than that. Okay, so did you want to point out somehow, like when you started as one of the first small-scale breweries in Sweden, and did you want to did you want to point out somehow that beer culture was missing before, or was that part of the idea? In a way, but it wasn't the main reason because uh, I'd rather. Um, talk about positive things than negative things. Although Nerke uh, uh, is a negative part of Sweden, and we also make a joke with it, with this when our logo is ne, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> okay. And and uh, and sometimes we tell about what we are not brewing. We are not brewing dishwater. Uh, and and uh, yeah, <laughs> so it's it's a, it's a way of. Uh, uh, <laughs> wrong marketing but it it turns uh, out f in a funny way really so people uh, people uh, get interested when they see this kind of uh, advertising stuff yeah yeah okay so in in a way you're saying that some of the breweries before your time were using dishwasher water <laughs> or is that uh, just <laughs> I, I say i say i will put it like this when you get interested in in handcrafted beers, mm -hmm. uh, uh, even if they are low from from taste, it it has to be a good balance and an interesting taste. Uh, a lager beer shouldn't be like an IPA, for instance. But it's a great difference, uh, a big difference between handcrafted lager beers and the industrial process, industrial uh, uh, brewed ones. So that's that's what I mean with um uh, culture beer culture uh, the bigger breweries i i i can't really honestly say they are in in it for the culture they're probably in it for the money i suppose yeah yeah you said it yeah 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 <laughs> um i mean what what were the big or what are the big breweries of sweden maybe for the listeners not not everybody maybe knows that the big industry the big, players the biggest is Carlsberg. Okay. And it's also one of the biggest in the world and it tells something about uh, aiming for the money. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean Carlsberg has this great history of in the 19th century isolating the yeast and really doing a lot for lager beer and nowadays mm. they're this this industrial conglomerate. It's uh yeah, it's uh, it, it's sad to see in a way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And they also so, have sometimes yeah. their more luxury parts of their production and they call it Jakobsen for instance and and um, but it's not their main they, they it's not their main production they want to produce uh I'm now throwing stones in a glass house you know but they want to produce cheap alcohol uh, uh, for the um, uh, most of the people in the world that they they should have a, 
They should choose this beer every day, every time of the year, to every kind of meal and to every uh, kind of uh, TV program. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, ex exchangeable, so to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, when 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 you started your brewery, what what was your goal apart from um, bringing culture back to to beer brewing in in Sweden? Well, I I don't I can't remember that we had a specific goal more than keep on brewing interesting beers because we were we were home brewers uh, for about well eight to ten years before we started the brewery. And, and we got in contact with other uh, home brewers. And, and uh, when we started, we really didn't know about, okay, okay, we know if you want to make a good marmalade, you do it yourself because the ones that are, are in the shop that are more, more sugar than fruit. So that's also the thing about the beer. If you don't uh, be, if, if, you, if you take your um, Rohstoff, what's called Rohstoff, Matthias? Raw material. Raw, raw material, material, of course. Mm -hmm. If you take the raw materials that you want for your beer, you don't uh, uh, look at the price at the first mm -hmm. moment yeah. of your brewing. So that's that's the thing that, that we wanted to do. And we also had contact with uh, a rather big number of other home brewers and, and uh, the guys that uh, started smaller breweries uh, also some five, six, seven years before us. And, and exchanged uh, knowledge with them. And it was really a nice world because it was so friendly. So we really wanted to try to get into that because it was productive in a way. Uh, you were creating something and that was the thing, I think. Did, did, did you really uh, see that this would be the, 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 the full livelihood, like also from an economic point of view? I mean, you said that um, profit obviously was not the main interest when you founded the company, but in the end of the day, you have to live from something. So what, what was the plan? Did you want to do it parallel to your your uh, normal job? Or did you say from the start, no, this is a business thing as well. I want to live from that. We started um, uh, step by step. So we first started, uh, we brewed 500 liters of beer every third Saturday. Okay. And, and and we got into the um, pubs in our local hometown and uh, and uh, in some uh, very good pubs in Stockholm because uh, uh, yeah at that time there wasn't many breweries making different beer styles on keg so uh, that's how we got in contact with the pubs in Stockholm mm -hmm. and we, we just started a little um foresighted Yeah, carefully. Carefully, mm -hmm. uh, step by step, and and um, uh, uh, testing how would this uh, work out? Because I was a teacher, and had a full time job as a teacher, and uh, and uh, my husband was a photographer, uh, an artist. So we had that as at as our main income. Really. Okay. I mean, this is a big step, especially for for you uh, coming from from that teacher positions, which is probably government employee, meaning very safe uh, uh, employment. And you went to to become an entrepreneur. I mean, I I I find it always very um, amazing when 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 people do something like that because for me, like 
the Schlenkler Brewery is a family company. Now, my mm-hmm. family has not, never been doing anything else basically for the past f- five or six generations. So I never really paid much thought to what, what I do. But people like you who really jump into the cold water, as we say in German, and and, and start something like that, this is, uh, um, yeah, uh, truly amazing. Yeah, but I, did, I didn't uh, think about that in that way, really, because... Uh, as we started in this way, step by step, um, it just turned out we can we can uh, get a little bigger. We can uh, uh, buy some more equipment, and the money that we earned, we we bought new new equipment, and so it really was a, a slow change. But but when I at uh, at last gave up my teaching, I really didn't think that I was leaving teaching, but I had to choose my own <laughs> project. I choose okay. my own project. Otherwise, it would have been very stupid, I think. And yeah. You, yeah. you can't be afraid of changing your life. Um, so I wasn't born to be afraid. I, I had to, to take the chance. And and you took it and you turned it into something really, really great. I, I personally, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have that talk with you. I, I just love the neck abuse. I, I still have a, a few bottles in, in my fridge. Um, oh, yeah. cherish, cherish some over Christmas. So yeah. thank you for that. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, when, when you founded the brewery, I mean, alcohol taxation and legislation is very strict in, in, in Sweden. Is, was, was that complex? Like, did you need to uh, obtain property in order to be licensed or how, how did that work? Uh, what did what do you mean by that? Um, um, when when you started the brewery, was it like could you just go to the local town hall and say, "Hey, I want to open up a commercial brewery," and then you pay a fee and then you get the license, or is is that a very complex start uh, in, in Sweden? It was it was at that time twenty years ago. It uh, uh, it was more uh, complicated and and more expensive because we had to pay a lot of I think if it was about six thousand crowns to get. Uh, to apply for the license okay and if, if we, we would have had no as an answer uh we you th- that's lost lost money lost money yeah yeah, yeah. But then after after a while after some years after that it was a big discussion also in the government because uh the and and more smaller breweries uh, wanted to start and 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 the fee was really crazy when you looked about the uh, how big the or how small the breweries were because uh, after some years we got that uh, fee back paid back <laughs> okay oh, strange good, thing good success good yeah. success <laughs> it happened yeah mm-hmm. and now uh, that uh, to apply for a license uh, you don't need to do that but you have okay. to have all the other permissions uh, from the from the state and from your uh, community for for uh, Lebensmittel Genehmigung. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff food, like food legislation, yeah, food yeah. registration, and so forth. Yeah, yeah. And every yeah, I guess to pay that's similar in Europe, everywhere probably, probably yeah. in the states too. Yeah. Was was this part of the reason why you and others uh, um, founded the Swedish Independent Small Scale Breweries Association to to make things easier for for new startups? A small part of the reason, perhaps, but the 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 main reason was really that uh, uh, we um, got in contact with each other and exchanged experience, and and you had some uh, good advice in buying equipment and stuff like that. So we had we thought about 
getting a little more um, uh, structured in our contacts. So that's why that's why the main reason that why we started the association. Okay, and there there were twelve members at at the beginning, I think. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And and those those are breweries from 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 all over Sweden, or is that just more local thing, and it grew from there, or how was that? It was uh, uh, in uh, a part of middle uh, middle and south Sweden. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but after that, we also have breweries uh, up in the north and down to south of Sweden. And we are about 400 breweries today and uh, uh, one third, uh, one third, a little bit more, a little bit more than one third are members in our association. OK, so uh, do you still have an active role in there, like member of the board or is it? No, no, but I'm an active member. <laughs> <laughs> OK. So yeah. you do 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 teachings or, or how how what what does the association do for for its members or how how does it work? It it works like uh, we have um, a different um, groups f uh, that have one issue one question one group is uh, uh, responsible for the contacts with our uh, monopoly for selling alcohol mm -hmm. the state monopoly systembolaget and and one group uh, is uh, responsible for um uh talking to politicians uh also in in our government and also but local ones also uh about uh, uh, this the thing about our high taxes of alcohol mm -hmm. so uh, yeah well any any chance that there's going to be a change eventually or don't you see that in the future i will say i will make a cross in the roof when i when it happens <laughs> <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe we should explain a little bit about, about that. Like, like, since we export to other countries, I know a little bit about, about the taxation there, but, um, maybe for the other listeners, what, what are typical, uh, beer tax rates in, in Sweden, depending on, on, on the beer style? If you take, for instance, a normal beer of 5%, uh, mm -hmm. drinking beer, uh, the alcohol tax, um, for, uh, is about one euro per, uh, 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 per liter, I think, per liter, per bottle. Uh, okay. I have to calculate. It's about one, one euro per liter. Okay. So that would, that would be uh, 35 cents per bottle. And uh, in Spain, which is the other country, Spain and Sweden are the only countries in, in your uh, EU which have not this... Um, um, different uh, beer tax um, uh, depending on your on how big your brewer is so uh, in spain um, the beer the alcohol tax for a bottle of beer is 0 0.3 0 0.03 euro okay so three to four cents something like that yeah that's about yeah. what we pay in germany yeah yeah, yeah. and on wine and they I have they have uh, no alcohol tax yeah same here in germany yeah. Which, which is totally strange that Germany would have a beer tax but not a wine tax. But uh, mm -hmm. one one would estimate otherwise. But no. Yeah, you you you, you already made nice wines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we do as well, especially Franconia does. But uh, well, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm not a wine person. I, I think you guessed that much. <laughs> 
yeah. Well, so, um, you you already mentioned the sustainable market, and uh, I I wanted to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, um, you might remember that my mother uh, came from or was born in Sweden, Ustad, which is like in the south of Sweden, and I always remember when we were up there, and my parents got some some alcohol uh, that we went to the sustainable market shop, and for me coming from from Germany, which at least alcohol wise, it's a extremely free country you can buy alcohol in basically any shop it's really easy to uh, get a license to sell alcohol and in sweden you have this monopoly run by the state it's it's so so different and so hard to imagine um how how did it come that there is such a monopoly what's the aim of it and maybe you can describe how it works these days when you actually go in there purchasing a beer well, I, I can't tell you exactly because I have not the uh, full history of sustainable organ, but I think uh, it um, um, came from also a time where uh, workers um, also sometimes got paid with alcohol uh, in the industrial uh, production and in the harbors and stuff and they and they couldn't choose money or, or liquor. It was liquor was also a payment. And, but you can't feed your kids with liquor. So uh, it was really a problem for the working people. So uh, I think it came from this situation really in the, in the 19th century. Um, and uh, then um, um, the state uh, has a good company there because they earn a lot of money. Mm -hmm. so, and, uh... and, and about uh, the situation that it, it is a monopoly, it's... Uh, it's good and bad because uh, it's a good customer. They pay their uh, bills and time and everything, but they also decide um, about the rules, how I can sell my beer uh, in how many shops. Uh, and uh, and uh, I, 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 uh, I never do big um, uh, offert, uh, what is called. They offer to tenders, yeah, yeah. I never, I never uh, answer these questions because I sell my beer in in local shops, ten uh, ten shops, and so I decide my prices. But if they ask for a, a lager beer that should not be more uh, than uh, one euro per bottle, uh, if you if you if you uh, tell that you will do this, you have to do it, and if you fail, you also have to pay money that because you failed. So it's it's a strange situation. Um, you you said that you sell your beer in local shops too. I I thought. Do you mean pubs by that, or is no. it is local retail also possible nowadays? No, local local shops from Sustainable Lager. Okay. In our region, in Örebro, we have uh, four four Sustainable Lager shops, and in our region, we have perhaps uh, ten more. But I can also only have six more because then my my. Um, number is full i can have 10 shops okay so uh you you can supply a shop directly without going through the centralized system uh they it's it's a uh, monopoly shops it's just i I, I, un I understand but you don't run the big tenders but you you go directly to the shop and they list it without that uh your beer is listed all across sweden in every shop so that's yeah. basically it yeah yeah, yeah. My beers are only listed in in the, the those ten shops. 
Okay. But, but uh, as I do this, I'm also allowed to deliver to the central logger house or okay. system logger, and from there it can be ordered uh, by customers uh, all over Sweden to be delivered at their shop. Do you know what okay. I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, like like a like a, a, a postal service, so to say, and then they pick yeah. it up at the. So that's, that's one actually... of the things that are that is good with Sustainable as they have this service for the customers, and that's good, also good for us. Yeah, yeah, that that's that, especially for small breweries. This this is amazing. I mean, if if you see at all the the problems you have when you run your own uh, online shop, and then you have to go through Amazon or someone who charges you huge fees for it, mm -hmm. um, this this sounds sounds really excellent. And for for the consumer also, he always knows to go to that one address, and there he gets his high quality products from at home. Mm -hmm. Sounds 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 really good. And mm -hmm. um, I think what what What's the limit of sustainable target from the alcohol? Um, was it 3.8 or percentage? Uh, uh, beer under 3.5, you can sell it in the normal grocery shop. In the, the normal supermarket, so 3 .5. yeah. So, uh, uh, but it can be as strong as you really want to do it. Yeah. I, I remember from, from when I was little um, that my, my mother uh, always said that uh, it was very popular when young people went out that uh, they first had Hembrandt at home <laughs> because the the fees were so uh, the prices were so expensive um, I think I have to ex explain that to to the listeners Hembrandt is basically Swedish for a uh, home distilled so um, basically Hi. apparently it, pardon it's called moonshine I think uh, moonshiners exactly yeah. Yeah. Is, is is that still a thing for the young people today, or is it is it just a memory of my mother uh, how it was? It it's not uh, it's not more a bit anymore a big thing, but it's it still exists because people do their own moonshine um, in the in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, um, since we are in EU, you can also uh, easily travel to the border shop in, yeah. in garden and, and get your own moonshine cheaper than to do it yourself and yeah. but the, the the bigger the bigger problem today uh, for young people and for for older people is other drugs and it's okay. yeah 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 uh, a lot of countries have have those problems mm. And I mean that 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 brings back to uh, the uh, the the first question you've answered. Beer is culture, and um, when when beer is part of uh, your dining experience, of of your lunch experience, then you are controlled in what you do with the alcohol. And I think that's more and more lost, and at least here in Germany, I don't know about Sweden, that um, uh, uh, people are not seeing as as part of food but seeing is as, as a part of an event and then of course some people overdo it yeah and yeah i, I suppose that's the same same in, in sweden right yeah but in in the in the recent yeah recently we also have some uh, in influencers or what can i say uh talking about food pa pairing food and and mm -hmm. beer also not only food and wine so uh, and also uh, some good pubs and restaurants are interested in educating their staff in a, in another way, like they did always with wine, for instance. So yeah. that that's a good thing. Yeah. 
Um, I think for the second part of, of the questions, I want to go a little bit more in detail about NERC and its spears and, and uh, how you especially have been doing it. But uh, before we, we, we go that, uh, <clears throat> before we go there, we're going to make a, a short break for uh, a message um, from the sponsors. And then I come back to the conversation with Barrett from Nurka Kulturbrigade and some more details and the more interesting part of this conversation. First Tea invites you to talk tea for a sec. The crisp, clean notes of a classic Pilsner provide the perfect space for Genmacha's tea's toasty rice and fresh green tea character. Contact the team at First Tea about how to use Genmica to green tea and other botanicals by emailing info at firsttea.com. That's F-I-R-S-D-T-E-A. And attention brewers, registration is now open for the 2024 Best of Craft Beer Awards. Now in its 10th year, this is a BJCP-sanctioned event, judged by fellow brewers, professional judges, and industry leaders. Judged in Oregon, it's the third largest professional brewing competition in North America, and it's a chance to have your hard work evaluated and rewarded. In addition to traditional styles, new this year is the Smoothie Sour Style category and the Collaboration Competition. Register your beers through January 31st, 2024 by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. Don't delay. Learn more and get your beer signed up by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. So welcome back, everybody, to this conversation between Berit Carsten from Nerke Kulturburgeriet and myself, Matthias Strum from the Schlenkerler Smokby Brewery. Um, we've covered a little bit on uh, the unique Swedish alcohol system, Systembolaget, and how the Nerke Brewery was founded and uh, what the goals of Berit were. And in the second part of this conversation, I wanted to focus a little bit more on what NERCA achieved in its time and uh, maybe what they plan to achieve in the future and what's special about NERCA. Um, Berit, the, the first time I got in contact with NERCA actually was not through you or through a beer of yours. It was when I Googled myself or Google Schlenkala uh, on, on the beer rating platforms. And it was astonishing for me to see that German beers usually don't do too well on those rating platforms. And um, Schlenkeler within the smoke beer section, yes, but apart from that, German beers tend to be relatively low in the numbers. Your brewery, however, the Nerke, is is amazingly good in, in, in the platforms. Um, on ratebeer.com, you have, I think, two or three beers under the top 50 beers worldwide. Um, what do you think, how did you aim for that or was it just coincidence? Like how, how did that come and what role does it play for your everyday work? Mm. It's interesting that you ask this because we didn't, we, we didn't aim for that at all. We, we, we always aimed for making good, high quality, uh, good beers from taste. Uh, or, and this started when we were home brewers and, and we really started, for instance, making, you have seen the Sturmax Porter. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. It was a total high score in rate beer. And and when we started brewing this as home brewers, you couldn't get this beer. You could, if you went to England, you can ha could have some 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 Russian uh, uh, imperial stouts. 
but it was it didn't exist in Sweden, and I don't know how the situation was in Germany, but we started to brew some of these beers, um, and it was amazingly good. You 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 can share a bottle under three four persons as a dessert beer, to, together with a chocolate cake or something like that, and and. Yeah, it was astonishing, uh, interesting uh, with these beers. And of course, we started to brew uh, this kind of pottery beers also when we started the brewery. And um, uh, some guys got hold of it and uh, tasted it uh, in rate beer. And it was, uh, yeah, uh, success. We didn't think about it. We, and we we never do... Uh, um, uh, Wettbewerbe, what's it called? Competitions. Competition. We never uh, do competitions with our beers. Uh, we get sometimes a, a good uh, a diploma from a from a, a beer festival or something where where the visitors choose the best beers in different styles, and that's that's a very nice thing to do. But we never do competitions. So, um, um, but it was really uh, uh, rare beers, and when we started to do also some some um, lagering time on on oak barrels mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you didn't you you couldn't get these beers either so it was really a fantastic a new thing and now it's uh, uh, amongst the smaller breweries it's not uh, exceptional at all it, it's it's many people do this now and it's they make good beers and the american breweries do this i know for for many years so yeah I, I find it interesting that you say that the Stormax Porter is a beer to be shared with friends. To be honest, whenever yeah. I get a bottle, I don't share it. I keep it for myself. <laughs> you can't drink one bottle on your own. It's it's allowed. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Um. This this is maybe even a little bit a personal question I have now for you. Um. How do you go about creating a new beer? I mean, I, I know it from myself. Um, I'm actually not a very creative person and everything we do at Schlenkela is basically uncovering something from the past, something which has been there before and so forth, which is challenging by itself and I like it very much, but it's not a creative process as such. So I would be interested to hear how you go about a creative process. Like what, what starts in your mind and how does it turn into a beer in the end? Mainly, it's like um, perhaps as we make a, a, a big uh, range of beers. We make um, uh, lagers, we make ales, stout. The only thing we don't do is sour beers. Uh, and and suddenly, perhaps we think, oh, we don't have a, a good uh, drinking uh, Irish stout uh, version of a beer. So then we start to think about that. And um, uh, sometimes the process is short, perhaps only some um, some weeks or something like that. But sometimes we also think about an idea over one year or even longer and, and it matures and, th and, and then uh, when the time is ready and we are ready in our thoughts, we, we put together a recipe and then okay. we go on. How, how often does this not work out that in the end you have something which you don't like yourself? It happens, and and um, you know the brewing process. It's very if you're if you're carefully, you don't do an ugly beer. But perhaps uh, the recipe wasn't what you thought uh, uh, in your mind. So mm -hmm. 
uh, sometimes we hear about a new uh, version of a hop and and we we choose one hop and then it turns out in another way uh, than we got from the information so we just stop that beer uh, we, perhaps it wasn't bad at all but uh, I, I perhaps didn't like the taste or one of the brewers said mm, this wasn't what i thought it would be so we we just put down that uh, that label and uh, and create another beer that's it you know what i like most about what you just said that no. you don't have any sour beers. That, <laughs> but that I, like sour, I like sour beers. I like sour beers very much. I I, <laughs> I I just don't at all. But it again tells me that Narke is a beer which I can always drink self safely and not have to be careful about okay. it. <laughs> now yeah. I guess that's that's a German thing because sour is so much associated with off flavors here. And I know that there's a good there's a lot of good sour beers. In fact. Um, the, the brewmaster who runs my laboratory he he loves sour beers but I mm. myself I'm just not a sour person whatsoever okay, I, yeah. I, I don't know it's allowed uh, <laughs> it's, it's allowed yeah out, out, outside the purity law it is allowed and uh, that actually brings us to, to the next questions um, to the next question um, obviously being a German brewer I'm somewhat limited with what I can do with ingredients um, do you want to uh, elaborate what what ingredients you have been using, maybe the most craziest ingredient you have used in a beer so far? Yeah, but I, I want to, to uh, at, at the start, I want to say you, you really don't need anything else that is uh, uh, than what is allowed in the German purity laws, because uh, that's what you need. And you have a, such a big range of malts and hops and such a big rate of, of um, uh, yeast strains that it's enough. You okay. you really you really don't need anything more, and you can get the yeast from from from, from um, yeast produ producers, or you can get the yeast from the air, Matthias, and that's just, would will be a sour beer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, uh, during the tens ten thousand years or more that uh, the uh, we brew beer in the world. Uh, uh, I think there have been no limit about what you can put in your beer from fruit or herbs or, and, and other stuff. So uh, we once uh, put some flavor in a beer using, uh, don't faint now, Matthias. Bibergeil. <laughs> I'll be careful. Bibergeil. Bibergeil? Yeah. What, 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 what's that? That's a, that's a, a thing uh, from the Bieber. Beaver. Okay, beaver. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's, it's a. Oh, beaver. Beaver. Um, yeah. yeah. Beaver. Um, it's a glance oh in the beaver, which it makes uh, uh, smells in the uh, in the woods uh, to uh, uh, chase away other beavers. Okay, I just. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I actually heard that that was used in in, in German beer historically at one point too to get the bitterness inside when they didn't have enough hops. Oh dear. They used uh, um, cow cow bile, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting taste and an interesting aroma. But uh, once I think a, a woman at a beer festival, we do this at, at beer festivals sometimes, and a okay. woman said I, that that she didn't know what uh, what uh, words most uh, the uh, the best. Um, 
described the taste and aroma. She said it can be a toothpaste or it can be a wet dog. <laughs> so really, it's everything in this uh, this aroma. It's everything. It's okay. Water and it's uh, water and wood. Yeah. But we use some other herbs and plants. Okay, which, which, for instance? Um, we use um, spruce shoots. Mm -hmm. We use uh, bog myrtle. You know about bog myrtle? Uh, no. No. Uh, what's the German word? Hmm. Bog myrtle. Yeah. Perhaps I can... Uh, Think about it in some minutes but we we use for instance these ones and also juniper berries and yep. or branches so that's also an old tradition because one of our ideas in the brewery is to combine to all both looking forward and develop new kinds of, of beers but also look backwards to the historic ones so I mean then, then we came into these plants Okay, which which is your personal favorite um, of the non Reinheitsgebot beers you have? I like the bog myrtle beer very much, and I collect it myself in the woods. You cut uh, some new branches, small ones, from the edge of the bush, uh, uh, and and it it smells uh, uh, wonderful. And okay, you have to you have to walk around in the forest at at forest lakes. It it grows where it's very moistery. And, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, at the end, your your back aches so much that you hardly can can't walk, but you can hardly uh, stop cutting this uh, plant. So it's wonderful. I I can perfectly understand why this is your favorite because um, you you work so hard for it, and it's it's really an achievement. Then so yeah, um, perhaps the, the mind drinks too, not just the mouth. Yeah, That's what perhaps. what happens at that point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this beer I definitely have to try, and uh, I mean, uh, Swedish forests are much bigger and probably less uh, walked through than the German forests, so I can only imagine how good the quality of the raw materials and spices and herbs are you get from there. Have you tried anything with um, with mushrooms? No, but we also work a lot with uh, honey. Okay, mm -hmm. I can see that. I yeah. can see that. Um, yeah, that's 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 really amazing. I mean, uh, you kind of said it already, but do you see the 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 Reinheitsgebot as an obstacle for for German breweries? Like, is maybe that the reason why? I'm coming back to the original question with the with the rate beer and and uh, um, the modern type of uh, achievement measurement. I want to call it. Um, maybe that's part of the reason why German breweries seem to be not as present in the in the beer world anymore as they used to be because we're hindered by the Reinheitsgebot would you would you agree to that or no no I don't agree to that uh, because um, if you look into rate beer is one of the biggest uh, uh, rating uh, sites in in the world but you also have we have national ones and and uh, if you look into them And you know that the, the guys there, they are brewers, they are they're, uh, pub people, there are uh, beer geeks and, and a lot of people and a lot of people just drinking beer. So you have a very big mixture of judges there. 
but it, to be a to be a good beer judge, you have to judge a beer after the style. And that's why also a Dortmunder can be wonderful if you compare it to, to the Dortmunder. Um, um, what's it called? Uh, yeah, Dortmunder style to the other Dortmunder yeah, beers. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So if you look into if you look into um, any of these uh, rating sites, you can see that the Imperial Stouts are high rated. And, and if you're a beer geek, really, it's very easy to love this kind of beer because it's so tasteful. And, and um, if you look at the points for a Czech lager or a German lager or a, or a Pils, they are much lower. And it's really unfair to these beer styles, I think. Yeah. Uh, they should also be higher rated if they are good. And very many of the beers are good, but they are lower rated because they have yeah. less taste. And yeah, it's a pity. It's a pity. Yeah. You're speaking out of my heart. <laughs> um, you've you've been talking about uh, the 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 American craft brewers that do a lot of good uh, things these days, and uh, um, the uh, stouts and and the different flavors and so forth. I'm kind of getting the exp uh, impression here in in Germany, uh, craft beer also boosted what um, the reach of beer and how uh, beer was accepted by by consumers and. There was uh, a boost in sales in the last 10 years or so. Even new breweries were form formed here in, in Germany. But it seems to be um, over the peak now. And people seem to be retreating to standard lagers, at least here in Germany. Um, how is that development in, in Sweden? You said it's more a couple of hundred breweries now in Sweden. Is, do you see a similar development there? Well, yes, but I think it's also uh, a matter of uh, economic uh, situation. Um, because nowadays, uh, just uh, after, uh, overnight, people started to buy industrial lagers again and very uh, much less uh, handcrafted beers uh, because of the price. And, and suddenly uh, our state monopoly was in the, in the discussion in the media and told, yeah, people perhaps uh, don't like the IPAs anymore, so they turn into the more normal beer styles. Uh, I think the state monopoly should be stay out of the discussion just because they are a monopoly. But uh, it's like this also in Sweden. People buy more lager beers. But I have also my own explanation. And it's like this. We have three kinds of beer, really, if you don't speak of beer style. You have drinking beers, tasting beers, and sipping beers. And, and uh, sipping beers you drink very little of and not so very often because um, uh, it's a big concentration of taste and, and, uh, and you can't really drink three pints or, or, or dry, dry, dry beer. Eh? Yeah, I and, understand, yeah. And the tasting beers, they are more like... Uh, um, you can sit in an evening and and drinking some uh, different kinds of uh, strong IPAs and very, very heavily uh, hopped and, and it's wonderful. But when you want to drink beer, drink it. It can't be too tasty. It can't be too strong. Mm. That That's an interesting distinguishing or an in, interesting uh, uh, way of looking at things. I, I think here in, in, in Germany, we still very much have that food approach to beer, that uh, at least the standard beers are part of the everyday nourishment and, and people tend to drink a lot of it. 
not as much as in the old days, but um, uh, it's 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 interesting to see how how you can view it from the other side. So, but where where do you see Swedish craft beer in in, in ten years? How's how's that going to develop? Uh, I think uh, uh, we reached the uh, number that of breweries uh, that we can have in this country because we only have ten mil millions of beer drinkers, and and a lot of them are kids. So they are not allowed to drink, so um, the market isn't that big. Mm -hmm. And you can't you can't really build a, a company of on only on export or things. You have to think about. Um, I I say this: think global, drink local. Yeah, yeah, know that phrase. Yeah, that should be the main thing in, in your brewery to 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 deliver local. And really. that limits is the size you can do, especially in a not so densely populated country like Sweden. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think some Swedish breweries will have to close? Yeah, some already did. And okay. it, wasn't, it wasn't only Pleite um, uh, Konkurs. Okay. It was only, it was some also some um, uh, breweries closed down because they, uh, they, uh, they are afraid that uh, they can't keep on the business. It's only going down, you know. Okay. And I'm I'm satisfied with the last year, 2023, because we have the same result as the 2022. And I'm okay. I'm not afraid. I told you I'm not an afraid woman, but but um, I have to be aware of the situation and try of to. Of course. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you run your own pub as well, or you sell your beers just um, in in the other locations you mentioned before? We have a small tasting pub. It's like okay. a beer chap, but we are only allowed to to sell uh, uh, samples like in a festival, small okay. glasses. Yeah, but okay. we, we do that every week, once a week. Okay. okay. So in that way, we also uh, get in contact with new customers. Mm -hmm. So it's marketing uh, activity really also. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, uh, I just um, uh, looked at my small paper here and I think I, I didn't tell you about one of our special um, uh, ingredients in beer, but it's not okay. it's not out of of uh, Reinheitsgebot. It's smoked malt. Okay. We do we do but... some some uh, different um, uh, labels on smoked malt and also different uh, smoked with different woods, and that's mm -hmm. I like I love it I love it. Yeah, you you brought you brought me the the bottle with the with the cherry cherry wood smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get to try it yet, but I saw. I told you I still have some uh, some bottles in the fridge, and it's coming in the next days. And you get a feedback it's, on that one, of course. It keeps rather well, so don't be afraid. Where where where, where do you get your smoke malts from? Uh, we buy most of our malts from the Swedish company Viking Malt. Okay. But the smoke, the special smoked malt they do is uh, 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 from a kiln in uh, uh, Poland. Poland. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's a uh, um, European, uh, uh, yeah, combined project, if you will. Yeah, and I also I sometimes buy a malt from Bamberg. Of course, in most of the craft breweries, there yeah. there is there is the big company with a W. Yeah. <laughs> The red and yellow one. <laughs> yeah, the red and yellow one. Yeah. Um, well, uh, 
at the end of our conversation, I, I have a somewhat personal question. And if if you're not, uh, if, uh, if you don't feel comfortable with answering it, please say so. Um, when when I read your bio, and I remember the first talk we had, um, you, you said you were a teacher before. And I remember when we met for the first time that you told me a little bit about schools in Sweden. And I, I was surprised why a brewer or the uh, owner or runner of a brewery would know so much about schools. And once I read your bio, it became obvious because you have that um, teaching background. And if I think of the teachers I uh, had here in Germany, these people didn't strike me as entrepreneurs or uh, daring people in, 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 in any way. So how, how does a primary school teacher end up in uh, running a brewery? How, how could that happen? Yeah, well, as we started as hobby brewers, um, we did this in our spare time and, and uh, it, it uh, changed over time and grew to a project and it, the project grew. So um, really the, the, that, that we chose to start the brewery, really, it was of an interest of taste and culture and, and brewing. And and um, um, well, I'm not a, I'm not only a teacher. I am a person who teached, and now I'm a person um, not brewing so much anymore, but having <laughs> a brewery at least. So so um, yeah yeah. I I don't think it's very strange. I could have been a perhaps I didn't I I couldn't have been a doctor, but I could have been a doctor and and also changed to a. A, a brewery, brewing company or I could have been something else do you see or do you have some uh how to say that spending uh, uh um, trade in what you do like do you want to teach your beer drinker something about beer culture is that also part of the story or am I interpreting too much here no we we offer um uh, evenings in the brewery for groups and then we have a beer school and beer tasting and a tour through the brewery. So uh, we really do some uh, missionary when people uh, want to visit the brewery. Wow. Yeah. And it's I, I... so funny. It's, it's so fun. And it makes so much joy also doing this as a, as a guide for a group. And, and the, when the group goes away from here, they, they sometimes say, well, when we ordered this evening, it, we thought it was a little expensive, but now it feels cheap. Yeah, yeah, because you have that message which is conveyed in between. And if you look what you pay for, you know, when you get some, uh, some presenter that talks something about technology and you pay a three or four digit figure uh, per day for these people and you don't even have anything to eat or drink with that. Mm. Um, yeah. What, what do you pay for a, a big production of a film in, a, in the, in the, in the movies? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And what do you get for that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. And uh, um, I, I think you're doing a great job there. And um we would need more teachers in brewing to round it up that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, and and we take students from the from the beer bryggeri uh, uh, technique brewing yeah. technique. Uh, yeah, uh, brewing university or yeah. brewing school. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, 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 I think you, you've done a lot for, for Swedish brewing and for, for craft brewing, and um, you, you can be really proud on what you achieved there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Barrett, so much for um, answering all these questions. Um, I hope I wasn't getting too much under your skin <laughs> with... No, um, with, it was okay. with, yeah. Um, thank you all to everyone who, who listened today and um, make sure that you make it one day to Sweden, uh, to Nerke, to uh, Nerke Kulturbrüggeriet and get some um, beer teaching from, from Barrett directly. Um, Barrett will be back on the next episode of the show and she's going to have a conversation with a brewer of her choosing. And that will be in the air in about two weeks. So make sure you tune in for that. Please also visit allaboutbeer.com and follow on social media. And to support journalism in the beer space, check out uh, patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. My name is Matthias Trum of the Historic Schlenkeler Smoke Beer Brewery. And thank you very much for listening to the Brewer to Brewer podcast today. This episode was brought to you by Jen Meitje. Jen Meitje Green Tea truly dances with Cezanne's, Lagers, and Kolsch. First Tea is your source for Gemmaicha tea and botanicals that fit the season and unique flavor profiles you're looking for. Email info at firsttea.com, that's F-I-R-S-D-T-E-A, to discover the right teas and botanicals for your next project. And attention brewers, registration is now open for the 2024 Best of Craft Beer Awards. Now in its 10th year, this is a BJCP-sanctioned event judged by fellow brewers, professional judges, and industry leaders. Judged in Oregon, it's the third largest professional brewing competition in North America, and it's a chance to have your hard work evaluated and rewarded. In addition to traditional styles, new this year is the Smoothie Sour Style category and the Collaboration Competition. Register your beers through January 31st, 2024 by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. Don't delay. Learn more and get your beer signed up by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register.